Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled A Pandemic and Bible Prophecy, Part 1. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please check our show notes for links to our home website and other information you may want to know. Our show notes are found with every episode. We are located on 22 platforms. Check out the list under the podcast menu item on our homepage, unchurched.site123.me. Last week, April 4th, we studied the final instructions in Chapter 3 of Titus. In our last episode of that series, we noted that Paul had a mighty concern for the welfare of the churches. That is something we all should take heed of in our care for the church we also may attend. However, if we are unchurched, like so many are today, We still need to care for the church. Also, as unchurched people, we should care for those who sincerely know God and presently are unchurched. They will falter, as Paul noted of the churches of Artemis or Tychicus, did not come to fill in for Paul during his absence in Nicopolis. Because this examination involves ten plagues, this will be a multi-part series with more than our usual three parts maximum. This week, we have heard a lot about the present global pandemic caused by coronavirus or COVID-19. Many American pastors have gone on television and the various places on the internet to compound our fears. They try to lessen this impact by also telling us that we are close to the ascension of God's people. Yes, we in America, at least, need to wake up. However, expressing that need with all manner of verbal thunder is not the way to address people who are already scared for themselves, their families, and friends. Do we see coronavirus or COVID-19 in our Bibles? either in general or by name, regardless of why? Absolutely not. Are there pandemics in the Bible? Yes, there are. In the more prominent occurrences of pandemics, the word pandemic is not used in the Bible that I can find. Yet we see, in both cases, that disease spreads far and wide. Hardships of many types also spread far and wide as well. In fact, in the book of Revelation, such events are clearly global. So what does that have to do with the pandemic we are presently in? My personal answer to that question 
is that this is a warning to mankind that the issues that came in past years are real. It also, in my mind, speaks to the future outlined in the book of Revelation, also being all too real in what is to come, and soon. In this series, we will examine the plagues we find in the book of Exodus to maybe better understand something about this present pandemic time. Is there a spiritual reason for this pandemic we are in that we are missing? Is there no real reason for this pandemic other than how this virus was handled in a test facility? The answer to both those questions certainly seems to be yes. We should start by noting why these plagues in the book of Exodus occurred. Exodus tells us why they were incurred. Let us first look at the reasoning for these plagues. Exodus has six chapters that lead up to the issues we will study here. I find it also interesting, since the judgments in the book of Revelation are six, a pause, and then a seventh one. This is why we need to be careful when looking at patterns. We can see more than is actually in Scripture. So, the short and quick overview of the ten conditions leading to these pandemic issues or plagues in Egypt are as follows. 1. Blessing during bondage in Egypt in chapter 1. These are the names of the sons of Israel who entered Egypt. Each man with his household entered with Jacob, Reuben, Simon, Levi, and Judah, Ishakar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All the people who were directly descendant from Jacob numbered seventy. But Joseph was already in Egypt, and in time Joseph and his brothers and all the generation died. The Israelites, however, were fruitful, increased greatly, multiplied, and became extremely strong, so that the land was filled with them. Exodus chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. 2. The birth of the Deliverer in chapter 2. A man from the household of Levi married a woman who was a descendant of Levi. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a healthy child, she hid him for three months. But when she was no longer able to hide him, she took a papyrus basket for him and sealed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and set it among the reeds along the edge of the Nile. Exodus chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. 3. The Presumption of the Deliverer In those days when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and observed their hard labor, and he saw an Egyptian man attacking a Hebrew man, one of his own people. He looked this way and that and saw that no one was there, and then he attacked the Egyptian and concealed the body in the sand. When he went out the next day, there were two Hebrew men fighting. So he said to the one who was in the wrong, 
Why are you attacking your fellow Hebrew? Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. 4. The Call of the Deliverer During that long period of time, the king of Egypt died, and the Israelites groaned because of the slave labor. They cried out, and their desperate cry because of their slave labor went up to God. God heard their groaning. God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the Israelites, and God understood. Exodus chapter 2, verses 23 through 25. 5. The Source of Sufficiency Moses answered again, And if they do not believe me or pay attention to me, but say, The Lord has not appeared to you? The Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A staff. The Lord said, Throw it to the ground. So he threw it to the ground, and it became a snake, and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, Put out your hand and grab it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Exodus chapter 4 verses 1 through 5. 6. The Return of Moses. So Moses went back to his father-in-law Jethro and said to him, Let me go, so that I may return to my relatives in Egypt and see if they are still alive. Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. The Lord said to Moses in Midian, Go back to Egypt, because all the men who were seeking your life are dead. Then Moses took his wife and sons and put them on a donkey and headed back to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the staff of God in his hand. The Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh all the wonders I have put under your control. But I will harden his heart, and he will not let the people go. You must say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn, and I said to you, Let my son go, that he may serve me. But since you have refused to let him go, I will surely kill your son, your firstborn. Exodus chapter 4, verses 18 through 23. 7. Opposition to the Plan of God Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Release my people so that they may hold a pilgrim feast to me in the desert. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him by releasing Israel? I do not know the Lord, and I will not release Israel. And they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us go a three-day journey into the desert, so that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God, so that he does not strike us with plague or the sword. The king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you cause the people to refrain from their work? Return to your labor. Pharaoh was thinking, The people of the land are now many, and you are giving them rest from their labor. 
Exodus chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. 8. The Assurance of Deliverance Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you caused trouble for this people? Why did you ever send me? From the time I went to speak to Pharaoh in your name, he has caused trouble for this people, and you have certainly not rescued them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh, for compelled by my strong hand he will release them, and by my strong hand he will drive them out of his land. Exodus chapter 5, verses 22 to chapter 6, verse 1. 9. The Ancestry of the Deliverer Of special note, the length of Levi's life was 137 years. The length of Kohath's life was 133 years. The length of Amram's life was 137 years. And 10. The Authentication of the Word When the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, he said to him, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I am telling you. But Moses said, Before the Lord, since I speak with difficulty, why should Pharaoh listen to me? So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. Exodus chapter 6 verse 28 to chapter 7 verse 1. That should have been a healthy, short, and quick overview, bringing us to our study points we need to examine. We can also see that the political forces in the days of Pharaoh, through him, and the political organization of the day, and by Pharaoh, was restrictive in much the same way our governments around the world are today. It may seem worse since we are in a global pandemic. To be fair, Only to a certain degree is this comparable to our time now, but there are points that ring true. However, it is not hard to see we are today in a drastically changing world that many of us may not settle with, pandemic or not. Now, we come to our study. The first blow, water to blood. Scripture reads, The Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to release the people. Go to Pharaoh in the morning when he goes out to the water. Position yourself to meet him by the edge of the Nile, and take in your hand the staff that was turned into a snake. Tell him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to you to say, Release my people that they may serve me in the desert. But until now you have not listened. Thus says the Lord, By this you will know that I am the Lord. I am going to strike the water of the Nile with the staff that is in my hand, and it will be turned into blood. Fish in the Nile will die, the Nile will stink, and the Egyptians will be unable to drink water from the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, take your staff and stretch out your hand over Egypt's waters, over their rivers, over their canals, over their ponds, and over all their reservoirs, 
so that it becomes blood. There will be blood everywhere in the land of Egypt, even in wooden and stone containers. Moses and Aaron did so, just as the Lord had commanded. Moses raised a staff and struck the water that was in the Nile right before the eyes of Pharaoh and his servants, and all the water that was in the Nile was turned to blood. When the fish that were in the Nile died, the Nile began to stink, so that the Egyptians could not drink water from the Nile. There was blood everywhere in the land of Egypt. But the magicians of Egypt did the same by their secret arts, and so Pharaoh's heart remained hard, and he refused to listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had predicted. And Pharaoh turned and went into his house. He did not pay any attention to this. All the Egyptians dug around the Nile for water to drink, because they could not drink the water of the Nile. Commentary reads, Here is the first of the ten plagues, the turning of the water into blood. It was a dreadful plague. The sight of such vast rolling streams of blood could not but strike horror. Nothing is more common than water. So wisely has providence ordered it, and so kindly, that what is so needful and serviceable to the comfort of human life should be cheap and almost everywhere to be had, but now the Egyptians must either drink blood or die for thirst. From Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible, Public Domain. Commentary also reads, At this very moment the will of God with regard to Israel was declared to him, and for his refusal to comply with the will of the Lord as thus revealed to him, the smiting of the Nile with the staff made known to him the fact that God of the Hebrews was the true God and possessed the power to turn the fertilizing water of this object of this object of their highest worship into blood. The changing of the water into blood is to be interpreted in the same sense as the moon being turned into blood. That is to say, not as a chemical change into real blood, but as a change in the color which caused it to assume the appearance of blood. From Kyle Delich Bible Commentary on the Old Testament One interesting fact is how this water still turns red today. Yes, it is an appearance of blood, but could you drink water that looks like blood? To the present Old Testament people, turning their drinking water into the appearance of blood made them not want to drink or use it in any way. Understandably, Scripture told us why. It read for reference. When the fish that were in the Nile died, the Nile began to stink so that the Egyptians could not drink water from the Nile. There was blood everywhere in the land of Egypt, but the magicians of Egypt did the same by their secret arts, and so Pharaoh's heart remained hard, and he refused to listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had predicted. And Pharaoh turned and went into his house. He did not pay any attention to this. 
all the Egyptians dug around the Nile for water to drink because they could not drink water of the Nile. From Exodus chapter 7, verses 21 through 24. Note verse 21. It said that all the fish died, causing the Nile to stink. So not because the Nile turned to a blood color did the people not drink from it. The smell of the dead fish caused them to look elsewhere for clean water. I am sure the blood color of the water did not help. Also, given the dead fish in the water, there had to be a smell as well making for a most unappealing place to draw water for any reason, especially drinking. Notice how this was not specific to the Nile alone. We read, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over Egypt's waters, over their rivers, over their canals, over their ponds, and over all their reservoirs, so that it becomes blood. There will be blood everywhere in the land of Egypt, even in wooden and stone containers. So we can clearly see this was a pandemic of water being turned to blood. The fish also died, causing a great foul smell. Before we close, the meaning for the word pandemic is incident to a whole people, epidemic, as a pandemic disease. From Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English. So, all water turning to blood, the fish in it dying and creating a foul smell, is a pandemic form. While it is not a pandemic of illness, it was a pandemic of pollution of their water supply on a vast basis. Their rivers, canals, ponds, and reservoirs all turned to blood in a pandemic of the waters being turned to blood. I wanted to set a firm stage for us to start. Next week, we will continue to look at this plague. Yes, there is more to learn. Play or download next week's episode A Pandemic and Bible Prophecy, Part 2, from one of our podcast hosts. Or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. Also, please check our show notes for links to our website and other information you may want to know. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. 
If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God, as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. We are located at this internet address unchurched.site123.me At present, we are located on 22 podcast sites, so you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sunday. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.